What's up, boneheads? This is Wazell from Banana Laser, and you're about to listen to one of Banana Laser's Halloween retrospective episodes that's been re-edited and reproduced by the Skeleton Crew. If you're not familiar with Banana Laser or just saying to yourself, hey, Banana Laser is a stupid name for a horror podcast, well, you're not alone, but Banana Laser really is like the sister show, uh, brother podcast podcast that the skeleton crew fucked once you know something like that they're very closely related anyways i'm being paid right now to tell you that skeleton crew has got a brand new podcast coming out october 31st and that is halloween according to my calendar uh but also banana lasers got two episodes coming out later this month one on the 19th and one on the 26th and these are going to be jam-packed halloween episodes all around so look forward to that, guys. Check them out at Horophilia.com or wherever you find podcasts. But now let's get into the film series Halloween with the Skeleton Crew remix of Banana Lasers Halloween Retrospective. Lock your doors, bolt your windows, and turn off the lights. A man who police believe to be deceased serial killer Michael Myers hostage now identified as Laurie Strode. Miss Strode allegedly shot and killed in 19, believed to represent the 19-year cycle of the moon. It weighs more than five tons, making its disappearance under Henry Hill has just made the grisly discovery of three bodies in the upstairs bedrooms of this house. It appears that the murders took place sometime early this evening. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Welcome, Laser Nation, to the Banana Laser Horror Podcast, the podcast that has to be peeled to be believed exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your sexy host, Dave Z. Hey, yo! I'm a pretty simple guy. And Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. The potassium starts now. Hello! All right, lasers, we are back, and we are ready to get this curse thing started. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's dive into this. This movie uh, re- was released in 1995. A full like, fucking six, six years, I believe. Six years. Okay, so, which, and, and 1995 is crazy because, uh, I don't know if you remember that time, Dave, but... Uh, horror was kind of in the fucking dumps. I think Scream, what did that come out? In 95 or 96? Was that the same time? I think Scream, Scream came out the next year because I remember that that's the yeah. movie that actually I credit with bringing me back into horror. And I'll get yes. into that story in a minute. But You know, so this is the early 90s. I mean, the fucking slasher craze had really fucking tanked after 89, 90. It was, you know, it had rode its course and... I'm glad that they waited so long to make this movie, you know, good or bad, you know, they at least put more thought into it than they did the revenge of Michael Myers, which as yeah. we discussed, you know, we, we don't care for. So <laughs> I appreciate that where they take this movie is they, they, they had a cliffhanger that to build off of, they had, had to do it. You know, what do you do with this man in black, uh, you know, breaking out Michael Myers storyline, you know, good or bad, they had to do something with it, right? If they're going to continue uh, the storyline in a franchise, 
you know, I, I don't want to fault them and say it was a terrible idea. I don't know what I would have done with this whole Man in Black thing. I mean, shit, you know, I'm not a writer. But, I hear you. You know, so yeah, it's tough. who's to say I would have done anything better, you know? So, you know, I actually talked about in in the last movie the, the whole Thorn aspect uh, or the Men in Black and stuff like that and leaving, you know, mystery elements. I, I kind of liked it because it, it made me interested in the movie, whereas, you know, it, it had nothing going on in it. So at least they did something with it. They could have blown yeah. it off. You know, they could have. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't have been too surprising, especially that it was six years later. They could have exactly, just completely yeah. fucking wiped it out and said, okay. You know? Yeah, they could have just said, fuck you, you know, or rebooting, which is, you know, what they did a few years later, essentially. Right. Uh, but they didn't, you know. I mean, this is, uh, and it's strange because, you know, it's it's more of the 80s, you know, that kind of held on to continuity and stuff like that and those kind of films. Now it seems like, and even in the 90s, if you're making a sequel, it's like, well, who cares? You don't have to continue storylines. You can just start new almost every time true. you do a sequel and stuff like that, and it'd be okay. But, you know, they, they held true. I mean... Yeah, that's kind of cool. You give, I'll give her credit for that. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, this is like the last in this kind of sequel. They don't continue the storyline after this. No, you're and, right. And so, you know, this is kind of the last of the original sequels, so to speak. Yeah, four, five, and six basically just tie together. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then they just ignore it. And seven and eight fucking call back one and two. You know, it's a fucked up series, mm-hmm. <laughs> and three stands alone. It, it's very strange. Yeah, the way I kind of look at it with the whole series, I do a one, two, H two O trilogy, and then a four, five, six trilogy, yeah. and then fucking three and resurrection are just kind of standalone, kind of flicks. Um, well, resurrection. But- it, it follows up H2O. It, it does, but it, it you know. I, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll get into not, that. Right. Yeah. I'm not trying to fucking pimp it whatsoever, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But do you know, when this movie was out there, Carpenter fucking, the rumors have it anyway, Carpenter was going to buy the rights back. Now, once again, all rumor. I don't know what, what, what's fact, what's not. This is just stuff that I came up upon. And Carpenter was supposed to be buying the rights back and Michael was going to be sent into space. How's that for you? <laughs> what? Carpenter well, was going to do that? No, come on. That's That's got to be a joke, right? I don't know. Well, remember, he came up with Ghost of Mars around the same time, right? I don't know when Ghost of Mars came out, but who knows? I don't know. I'm just telling you that it was in it was in the documentary I saw. It was mentioned. Huh. It was rumors of Carpenter picking it up and it going to space. Whether they're conjoined, I don't know. Whether there was two separate rumors, I also I don't know, but huh, that was what's going on. Yeah. Then there's the Tarantino thing. He was heavily fucking rumored and supposedly that close to fucking doing this movie. Yeah, I I had heard that as well, but there's no way that he had anything to do with this, right? Because no, 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 not the at dialogue all. would have been uh, much different if he wrote <laughs> any of this. I don't know, know if it would have worked. It, I tell you, as much as I love Tarantino, I'm not knocking him a bit. I don't know yeah. if it's a sh- I think Robert Rodriguez could have done it. You know? He could yeah. do horror. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, uh, this movie, I remember watching this for the first time on home video. Back then, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. And that's because I didn't like 4 and 5 all that much. You know, I... You know, I Halloween is not a sacred cow series to me, you know. It's, right. it's it's not like what Friday is to me. 
and I didn't really care for for four and five, and then six I felt like was actually kind of creepy again and scary and and stuff like that. Whereas four and five had none of that element. This one had a you know had a more creepy vibe throughout the entire movie, and uh, you know like the cult of Thorn, Men in Black, all that stuff. I, right. w- whether it works or not, you know that's different. But at the time when I was fucking seventeen, whenever watching this, you know, I, I I enjoyed it much better than the other sequels. I definitely enjoyed it more than four and five. There's no yeah. question about. It. I actually took a sabbatical from horror after being huge, huge into it in the eighties and everything else. By the time this had come around, by the mid nineties, I think it was a real low point for the genre. It was. I mean, I was really into the slashers. They were all but gone. It was all supernatural shit, and there's some gems in there, but I honestly think that 90 to 95 was probably the lowest point we had. And I think it stayed low mm-hmm. until until Scream kind of resurrected it, and then things started to take off in yeah. about 2000. So when it came to the theater, after seeing, you know, four and five opening night and, you know, being into it, didn't even go. I was so out of it at that point that I just didn't go. But I would still, any time I went to the mall, which wasn't much, you know, I was older and whatnot. If I if I did go to the mall, I would stop in and look at a Fangoria, thumb through it, see if there was anything I liked, whatever. And I happened to thumb through a Fangoria one day. Went to that store in the mall, opened it up, and the first thing I see was the opening. Uh, the first page would always be letters, and there was like uh, four or five, and all they did was talk shit about this movie. Huh. And fucking the curse of Michael Myers and how terrible it was and blasphemous and blah, 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 blah. So I was like, well, I'm definitely not going to see it. Now I have no interest. Everybody mm-hmm. fucking was trashing it. Then in 2000, I was a, I came back from Vegas for a little bit, regrouped before I moved back out. But, and uh, when I came back, I took a job at um, Hollywood Video and I was an assistant manager there. And part of it is you get to rent fucking free movies. So, of course, every night that I left work, and I, I just gotten, I was just single. I was living with fucking two of my buddies. <laughs> we were like, you know, in, in our you early You came out 30s, with a stack of movies every night? I'm telling you. <laughs> it was cool. It was a, you know, I was a regrouping, and I was single and everything else, and it was just me living with my two buddies. So I just took this movie home, and I was like, huh, this really isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was immediately turned on to the gore. I was like, oh, no shit, not, you know, it really took me by surprise just just because, you know, I was just getting back into horror big time and everything I heard, the way it was shit on in that Fangoria fucking thing, everybody just really said it was a a complete piece of shit. But I had to see for myself, of course, so it just took me by surprise. So that's always been, you know, something I held on to about that, that, you know, I came back in and I watched it and I was like, eh, this shit isn't so bad. You know, I'm not crazy about the Thorn thing, but I mean, the, casting that aside... No one really likes the fucking Cult of Thorn shit. It fucking shits on, uh, you know, Halloween 1, and, and well, all of them, really, and giving Michael, you know, a motive and, and all this stuff. To cast that aside, the rest of the movie is is good, considering that the Michael that we got in 4 and 5 is not the Michael I want, and this one is more... Gives me more of what I want, or at least interesting stuff. It's he's still out of character. He does out of character things. Don't get me wrong, but it's more entertaining in this movie than the other four and five, the other two sequels. So yeah, yeah better right direction. You know, 
Because mm-hmm. it's the funny thing is, it's George P. Wilbur who was fucking who we were ragging on the fuck the action figure himself from Part Four, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, his look is much different in this movie, and oh yeah, the mask, the mask, yeah, yeah absolutely, it's it's a big improvement, oh, I yeah. think. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> upon four and five, they finally kind of got it sort of close back to the original. I mean, they'll never get that back, but. It, it, you know, it's not the abomination that that was four and five right. with the mask. So, uh, as most of you guys probably know, listening to a horror podcast, uh, this movie is infamous for having multiple cuts, multiple edits. Uh, you have the theatrical cut, which um, uh, you know is is more gory and stuff like that, and you have the what's known as the producer's cut, which is a, a heavily bootlegged. Uh, copy. It's not released anywhere, um, and, and it has a almost an entirely different ending to the film. It's less gory, and uh, and it's entertaining in its own right. I watched the producer's cut for this uh, show, and Dave, I believe you watched the theatrical cut. Is that right? Yeah, that's all I got left. I bought the Blu-ray, and <laughs> like I said, I sold my fucking producer's cut because I was yeah. so let down by it. All the hype that came into it, and then I watched it. And... If you're interested in seeing different a different version of the movie, it, it will satisfy that on some level. Oh, yeah. Um, Check it yeah. out, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll call it out right now. I think the theatrical cut is better. Uh, it's more entertaining. The kill scenes are, are better um, it doesn't completely neuter Michael Myers like the uh, like the producer's cut does um, I mean he's still part of the cult of thorn and stuff like that but by the end of the producer's cut he's a, an entirely different uh, person altogether and so um, oh, you know, yeah. That, yeah it's, it's kind of it's kind of disappointing that's right yeah uh, it's kind of yeah. disappointing so yeah, uh, I was so, so yeah. excited. People pimped it up for a while. I don't understand. I was hearing everybody, oh, that's the one to see. Producers cut. Oh, you know yeah. why? The intro goes a piece of shit. This definitely improves on. This is the way it's meant no. to be seen. I was like, oh, wow, no shit. And I, I, I didn't even hate the theatrical. Okay, let me check it out. Then I watch it and I was like, you fucking people are wrong, man. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got. Out of it. I'm sorry. It's just it's, my opinion, of course. But I was like, uh. What are they talking I don't, about? <laughs> I don't know when the producer's cut, you know, initially came out, but I think it was years later, and I think it was because people were just so outraged by this whole by this movie and the idea of Thorn and all that shit that they would grab onto anything that was different from it and be like, "Well, this is this is better over here, you know, the producer's cut's better because well, it explains the Thorn thing a little better." It's like, "Well, it doesn't really need to be explained more, you know. Oh. We we just need more of what we want, which is which is Michael Myers, you know. And so, yeah, it, it in my opinion, producer's cut not better. Is it entertaining, worth a watch? If you like the Halloween's uh, franchise, absolutely, definitely seek it out. Oh, you know what? Do you know the tagline for this movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually don't this time. What is it? Well, for once, I know it, and and. and... <laughs> Six times the terror, six times, six times the fear, six times the thrills. <laughs> oh my! I shot him six times. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> That's what it should have said at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Halloween six. I shot him six times. Yes, yeah, six times. <laughs> 
I got a kick out of that when I saw it. You got to be fucking kidding me. Six times the thrills of what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's not even called Halloween 6. They dropped the number and just right? called The Curse of Michael Myers. Yeah. And, you know, they were toying with different titles like Halloween 666, I think. <laughs> Pulling the omen. Oh, shit. Six years ago, Halloween night, Michael and Jamie vanished. Many people believe them dead, but I think that someone hid them away. Someone who keeps Michael, protects him, tries to control him. And if there's one thing I know, you can't control evil. You can lock it up, you can burn it, bury it, and pray that it dies, but it never will. It just rests a while. Lock your doors and say your prayers at night. But the evil's out there, waiting. And maybe, just maybe, it's closer than you think. Well, you know, let's get into it. Right off the bat, this movie has, uh, again, a completely different feel uh, to the open that, you know, that the other movies have. Uh, we're in an entirely different world with this. Uh, it starts out... I, I believe the opening scene is is we see we get Jamie Lloyd back, played by some other chick, who seems to me like she's in her early 20s. I would buy that, sure. Yeah, okay, and she's giving birth, so... <laughs> okay, so how old was uh, Jamie Lloyd in Part 5? Jamie Lloyd in Part 5 was, I believe, 8 or 9. Eight nine. or nine. Let's just say she's nine. Uh, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. No, she's and this, fifteen. <laughs> and this movie is six years later. Yeah, she's playing a fifteen-year-old straight 15, up. Fifteen. Fifteen. Up. Yeah, and she's giving birth, so you're pregnant for nine months. So she got knocked up when she was fourteen. Yeah. Which is nuts to me <laughs> that uh, you know that was going on, and in the produ- the producer's cut. It's also revealed that Michael is the father of the baby. I don't know if you remember that little tidbit, but no, holy shit, yes. And I wasn't <laughs> sure. And because they she, she starts off, they had that little voiceover in the beginning. First, they had that. It, it's I actually like I do like the the opening credit sequence better than better than five for sure. It's fucking creepy. It's just it's just kind of an ominous beginning. It's dark. It just says Halloween. The Crystal yeah. Michael Myers. It's just a little darker and a little. And I just definitely prefer it to five. But no then, stream in the background. Yeah, right. <laughs> nothing, nothing, no, none of that shit. Fucking black screen and cool shit. The guy says the fucking thing. Michael Myers killed at the age of thing, and they show the fucking thing, and then they show Jamie, and she's running. It's 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 a real fucking confusing beginning. I don't know if the first thing they show is a baby, a baby crying, but you hear Jamie saying. Michael, don't hurt me, you know? Yeah. It's like they kind of teased up on it, but didn't actually say Michael was the father, but the producer's cut just fucking straight out comes out and yeah, says it. Yeah, it, it's at the end, yeah. Uh, but she <sighs> says, she says, Michael, you know you're the father, and he kind of, if if he freezes in his tracks, and also there's a flashback <laughs> of 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 the, the rape, and uh, you don't actually see him raping her, but you can <laughs> clearly tell she's being 
horse down and you know he's approaching her and it's just oh my god i can't believe they even went there with this and why and why they would even do that okay let's just let's just break down what thorn is it's a cult a druid cult thorn is a symbol and it like represents like a, a a demon of sickness and and destruction or something like that and so what they do is they they do a sacrifice to prevent any kind of you know the demon permeating into into their society or anything like that they force ch- uh, children i guess you know cuz they started out with michael at a young age and in this movie they're trying to get you know this little boy to kill you know for them to sacrifice family members for thorn which is a demon is a thorn a demon i don't fucking know this I don't is know confusing thorn's as shit thorn is yeah. the curse i believe i believe thorn is the curse and okay it, 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 the constellation of thorn comes out on halloween night sometimes not every year but sometimes it comes out and it's a constellation in the stars and it's you know an ancient druid thing and uh, one family in the society of something got the mark and if if they got the the mark they had to fucking be killed or something or they had to do the killing bottom line is it's it, it's sacrifice it's sacrifice for yes. the betterment of, of of society somebody fucking has to spill blood and uh somebody has to do the spilling so you know yep and it's always on halloween like you said when yeah. the fucking the stars align you know to a certain point it's all it's always on the night of Sam Hain. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> you know what? It's funny because in the movie, I forget who says the dialogue, probably uh, Tommy Doyle. He's talking about the previous instances when Michael uh, went on a killing spree and and that's when the stars aligned. And he lists every year that there was a Michael Myers Halloween movie out. Oh, except, really? Except for part five. He's like, you know, in 1978, these lined up and then in you know whenever part four came out was that 1988 you know and then he skips right over uh part five it's no shit really yeah Yeah. now i don't know if they do that in in the theatrical i don't recall them i could have fucking been not bored and not not you know paid attention to his whole spiel but I, i don't recall him saying that i remember him talking about the constellation and that strangely enough sometimes it does it, it, it right. is present on certain Halloween, but not all of them. And that, that explains why he does it on that night. So yeah. I, I think he summed it up quicker than that. I don't think he actually brought out years in, in the theatrical. In the, mm-hmm. Or in the, yeah, in the theatrical. In the theatrical. Right. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. Jamie, let me say this. He's okay. chasing her, trying to kill her for two movies, part four and part five. It's The whole last movie was all cat and mouse. He's trying to fucking kill her. That's what we're led to believe, at least. Yeah, whenever he wasn't going to a, a barn party just to <laughs> kill kill random teenagers a and cops. Party. But yeah, right. yeah, you're right. He, he wanted to kill her, yeah. Suddenly, he doesn't want to kill her. He wants to fucking... They want her to make a baby. Yeah. That's for, pretty For up. the sacrifice? Because, okay, they want to sacrifice her baby? He's going to be the next Michael. Every once oh in a while, God. a special baby is born. It's one of them situations. It's fucking. Oh my god! This baby is a combination of, of think about it now because they are they're already psychically linked, but then they don't come out and say it's Michael, but they're just saying that it's Jamie's child, right? And this baby's gonna be special. 
This is Michael can't do it forever. It's the passing of the torch. This baby is going to actually do. <laughs> yeah, I can just see a baby uh, <laughs> killing. Son. God damn it, baby! Put that knife down. <laughs> it's going to be Michael's psychic. All three baby. of them, for that matter. Michael, <laughs> get the Jamie. fuck away from me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that's that's okay. So this makes my head fucking hurt. <laughs> Trying to, I hear you because this, none of this yeah. is really, I think, laid out. It's all kind of you know, it's hinted at and spoken in in lines really quick, and it's just like. It's kind of dizzying, you know, to try and get all this information. And especially because there's two cuts in the movie, you know, like, like we just talked about, one has different information than the other. And I don't even remember some of the shit that happens in the theatrical. Uh, you know, I just watched the producer's cut. So I'm going off different information, and you're going off different information. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's dizzying. Holy shit, my eyes are crossing. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I hear you. You know, one thing I do like about this this introduction is is the introduction of Michael himself. Uh, we see Jamie running down some corridors, and she's being assisted by yeah, a nurse. nurse yeah. You know, and she has her baby, and she's she, the nurse is helping her escape. Well, then then uh, the the Michael steps in. You know, great Michael Myers fashion picks this nurse up and then slams her head up against the wall, uh, you That's know, cool. into some spike, where, you know, where she's left to hang. That was a great introduction, I think. I agree. And even yeah, he even Michael. did the fucking, the old school head tilt. They called yeah, it part one. Yeah, that was great. I really enjoyed that. Then the chase continues with uh, Jamie, uh, you know, finds a truck and, and gets in it and Michael ends up killing the, the owner of the truck. And so she drives off with her baby <laughs> And then Michael pursues in, in a car chase. I love it anytime a slasher movie <laughs> with a slasher <laughs> has a car chase. I mean, Michael drives more than any fucking slasher yep. in fucking movie history, dude. He's all about driving. And he's been locked up since he's like eight years old. <laughs> That's the best part, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like he shouldn't be able to fucking drive. But he drives more than any fucking body, any slasher. In yeah. any fucking movie, it's great. I, I guess they it. just they figured that they got away with it in part one, so now now they can do it anytime they want. <laughs> you know, solely because he drove in one, it gives the you know the other directors and scriptwriters, you know, some fucking wiggle room. And speaking of part one, this movie does everything in its power to seek out all of the. Uh, uh, dangling threads, I guess, from the first movie. Any character unused since part one is a fucking main character in this goddamn movie. Okay, we got Tommy Doyle. Okay, we've yeah. got Dr. Wynn, which if you guys Yikes. don't know, he was in that scene that we're kind of alluding to where him and, and Loomis, it's a 20-second it's a scene, but they're talking about how Michael escaped and how he fucking <laughs> drove away and yes. maybe someone gave him driving lessons. That's Dr. Wynn. He's back in this. He was doing very well last night. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think it's cool. And also we have uh, a new character, but it's someone who harkens back to part one, and that's Mrs. Blankenship. Yeah, And yeah. she apparently was... <laughs> was Michael's babysitter the night he killed his sister. Holy shit. If I wasn't fucking 
head spinning <laughs> with the cult of thorn shit. Now they're bringing all they're dumping all of this shit onto this movie and being like, "Hey, you know, remember you love fucking Halloween 1. You know, it's still here even though this cult of thorn shit's going on. You know, it's still Halloween. Remember Tommy Doyle? You know, whether it works or not, it's fucking nuts. Mrs. Blankenship. Holy shit. She's a fucking whack job. Uh, he hears the voice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Michael heard the voice. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, so she runs a halfway house that Tommy Doyle s- stays in now, which is, th- this is this blows me away, which is right across the street right. from, from the old Myers house, which yep. now is inhabited by the Strodes. <laughs> I think it's cool. <laughs> uh okay so the strodes that's that's uh the 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 brother-in-law to Lori Strode is that right or the the the, the uncle to Lori Strode Yeah I guess it, it would be the uncle to Lori Yeah the uncle to Lori Strode Jamie Lee Curtis lives in the old Myers house <laughs> Um yeah um right across the street from Tommy Doyle Holy shit, these yeah. people never get out of this town? What the fuck? <laughs> John, I want you to come with us. You know, you know, Deborah, you've lost it now. You know that, Deborah? You've just lost it. The reason you moved us into this house, your brother could never sell it because of what happened here, could he? And you knew. And you didn't tell us, John. You knew. Well, the Strodes, you know, it's alluded to that they're in real estate in part one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the brother's in real estate, and well, Lori's father, I guess you would say, and then more family members, the father of this family, is also in real estate, and it comes out later. That's why your brother can never sell this house, because it was the Myers house, and that's, that's why they moved in, because they couldn't sell the house, so they probably got it on the cheaper. No, they couldn't sell the house because it looked the way it did in part five. I mean, so <laughs> it was a fucking war zone. Of course nobody wants to live there. I mean, they finally cleaned it up, and then we they did. just moved in themselves. It's fucking crazy. Okay, so this family has a daughter who's just recently come back to live with them. And I don't want to say she's like the black sheep, but her, her dad definitely doesn't approve. And she herself has a son, uh, I guess a bastard son, who's about eight or nine himself. He's around that age. He is getting visions, or he's seeing the men in black, and he's saying, yeah. kill, kill for me, Danny. Kill for me. You know, and all this stuff. <laughs> These visions, they're more elaborate in the producer's cut. I definitely remember that. Uh, I remember the theatrical cut. It's more, um, It's more quick editing and stuff like that where you think it's just his vision. But in the the producer's cut, it seems more so that uh, the man in black is actually in the room with him talking about him. It's crazy. (laughs) This plot is so fucking thick. (laughs) It's hard. I'm waving my hand trying to clear the smoke here. It's fucking insane. How come he's trying to recruit this little boy, Kilford? Yeah. When they're having this daughter, or this baby, which I believe is a girl, right? It's a girl? I don't even know. Either way, Jamie's baby comes in the mix. I thought that was the one that's going to be groomed to be the next one. So 
<laughs> Why well, I didn't think about it when I'm watching it, I don't know. But as soon as you said that, I'm like, what the fuck? So who's going to be the killer? Who? Who? What are they? Are they just granting for anybody? Maybe they're just, you know, they're saying that one of the two of them is going to pan out. I don't know. I, I think so. Yeah. See, <laughs> and the way I took it is they were grooming Danny to be a new Michael Myers and they they want to sacrifice Jamie's baby. Isn't the sacrifice supposed to be within the family? You know, like Michael, his sister, Michael, his niece. But like the Strodes and the Myers. Wait, is that the Myers? Oh, my God. <laughs> my, I'll tell you what, though. It just it popped into my head. One family, somebody's cursed from one family, and he has to fucking whack his whole family. That is correct. That's right. why Michael does what he does. So what are they just saying? Well, we just want, uh, we just need more bloodshed. So let's have uh, Jamie have a baby so Michael can kill it too. And I thought they were grooming the baby. Maybe I'm just way off. Maybe they're just, they want Michael to kill some more people. And uh, I don't know. You know, it's not a bad movie. It's, there's a lot of, it has there's a lot of strong points, a lot of good things going for it. It looks good. It's the best filmed one in, in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what they do with the music. They kind of update the music, but it's it's done. It's they remix the old music, but it's done right. It fits in the fucking the era that it was filmed. You know. Yeah, and, yeah, I agree. Yeah, they did some things. They made some changes, but Michael still looks good. There's good gore. There's things going on. There's just once again too much fucking shit piled in into it's, an hour and a half. It's too convoluted of a plot yes. that is also not really fleshed out. Right, uh, you know, to make it understandable slash entertaining. I think you and I are saying the same thing. We like the chase that is Michael and a victim. All that stuff works to me in this movie. Uh, right. Anytime there there's a kill scene, anytime there's Michael in the shadows, it always works. It's this Thorn stuff that comes in, and all these characters that you know are connected with that <laughs> that make it just way too confusing and uh, you know it just drains all the fun out of those good scenes i think i think you and i are kind of saying the same thing with that yeah yeah it's just we're just as confused as the fucking movie is by the end of the movie they're all wearing hoods they're in fucking <laughs> yeah. they're they're in a uh you know a basement corridors it's got, it's like they got their own facility and stuff like that if it was more like rosemary's baby you know all those old people in the apartment complex were in a cult, essentially, but they weren't, like, fucking wearing robes and fucking had a fucking temple that they went to and shit like that. It was more scaled down, and so it, it seemed more believable. But these guys are fucking, like, ah, these are the real deal, this fucking <laughs> thorn cult, man. This is, like, f- a fucking cult. Holy shit. Cult. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's yeah, no great. Shit. It was Jamie Lloyd. That was six years ago, Sam. You'd know she died with him in that explosion. You know it. That's what someone would like us to believe. But I tell you, Michael is alive. I, I can feel his evil heart beating. I can see him just as I did all those years ago behind these very same walls staring staring always growing stronger please 
as my colleague, as my friend. I can't go through this again, not alone. I need your help to stop him. Let me let me throw something in here because the place they have is fucking what do you call it? It's um Smith's Grove. It it all comes out at the end. That's where they are, and fucking winds behind it, and the people are dressed up because he even made, he he tries to play it off in front of the regular. Basically, Win has cult members and regular um, doctors working for him in Haddon, not Haddonfield Memorial, in Smith's Grove is what this is going, is with what's going on really, because there's that scene at the end, where, and that's where it takes place, the, the this whole movie the finale is at Smith's Grove, there's a situation and some guys have <laughs> robes on, and he jokes about it, he's trying to play it off, it's after we get the reveal that it's him, and he tries to play it, he goes, okay guys, you can take off your, um, you know, you can take off your robes, now Halloween is over <laughs> you oh, know what God. I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he's playing it off. So basically, my guess is that underground in the movie, like in the intro, which we're on now, still the fucking Jamie thing and the baby and everything else and the escape, that I'm going to say probably takes place in maybe the basement or something. Mm -hmm. Because the one girl's a nurse, so it only makes sense that she's working at Smith's Grove. They delivered a baby. They're, you know... I guess they deliver babies at the, at the sanitarium. I don't fucking know. Well, in the basement they do. You know, that's, <laughs> that's where you keep babies, you know, in the basement. Murderous like babies. <laughs> so that's what they do. And I guess that nurse works for them because she honestly, she tries to get out. Yeah. You know, and but then she fucking, she, you know, she pussies out. She's like, well, now I'm going to stay. You go. She's in on the call. She's aware of the call. She's working for him. So I don't know how she figures into the equation, but I just think that it's all of wins influence uh, on the sanitarium and that's huh. why he gets loomis to come back in oh yeah that's that's another thing so when win is introduced uh you know he meets up with loomis at his home and they have their first uh meeting again and loomis is looking rough holy shit he's looking he's knocking on death's door yeah i think it's kind of embarrassing unfortunate yeah, yeah. <clears throat> unfortunately but uh, when wants Loomis, even though he's retired, he wants him to take over for him at Smith's Grove as the administrator of Smith's Grove because Wynn is retiring. But what he's really saying, and they elaborate this at the end of the producer's cut, is that I need you to take over and be Michael Myers' guardian because I don't want to do it anymore, essentially. Because that's what he does at Smith's Grove. He oversees this whole fucking thorn cult thing. He's like, he really doesn't want him to to to, to work at Smith's Grove. He wants to transfer this uh, this position in Thorn to him because the way he looks at it, uh, the way he probably looks at it, I'm just speculating here, is that he's obsessed with Michael Myers, anyways. <laughs> why not be the guardian of Michael Myers or something like that? So. I think that he just gets close to Lewis again because he wants to find Jamie and he knows that Jamie is seeking out Loomis. Because as soon as Jamie flees, he knows. He's like, well, who's who's she going to go to? She's going to go to Loomis. Who the fuck else does she have? She's going to go to Loomis. So I think he basically, because, you know, he's retired. He's doing his thing. He's sitting around and 
everybody in the entire town listens to the same radio show, apparently. Oh, of course. It's yeah, playing in fucking course. Loomis's place. Fucking Laura, Laura Schroeder, Cara Strode is fucking listening to yeah. it. It's playing at the fucking bus depot when Jamie gets there later, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But everyone's listening to this fucking show. It's, you know, it's the hottest thing going. This fucking Barry Sims cat. And uh, so this show's playing. You know, Jamie escapes. So my guess is that that's the obvious choice. He just wants Loomis. He wants to, you know, go to his house and say, hey, uh, why don't you come out of retirement and help me out at the fucking hospital? Whatever. It's not really elaborated that much in, in the theatrical. That's what I got out of it, that mm-hmm. he knew that she was going to seek out Loomis, and he just wants to get her. That's what yeah, it's all about. I think it's a bit of both just because, yeah, you know, you're right. You got two different cuts. One elaborates more on it. One doesn't. So uh, both scenarios kind of work and, and make sense to me. Um, right. Yeah, it does. I hear you. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do like the little tidbit of how they talk about how Loomis has no more scars. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I, I had skin, you know, cost a fortune in skin grafts, but I don't have the scars anymore. You, you know goddamn well it's just he's an old man. He's not going to sit down and get this fucking <laughs> makeup on his face anymore. No fucking way. You That's know, he's true. like, yeah, you need to write that. these fucking scars out of the script. I'm not going to fucking do it. When Michael Myers was six years old, he stabbed his sister to death. For years, he was locked up, locked away in Smithgrove Sanatorium. But he escaped, and suddenly, Halloween was another word for mayhem. He needed to wipe out his entire family. He struck them down at night and always on Halloween. The police tried everything to stop him. He overcame them all and disappeared. The world thought him dead, but I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure that Michael Myers had died. Uh, Like you said earlier, Jamie, she drives to the bus station. Does she drive? Yeah, she drives yeah, to the bus does. station. Yep. <laughs> she ends up calling Barry Sims, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> radio DJ. The fucking it's clear this guy is like a Howard Stern ripoff. Absolutely. And I think in 1995 was really when uh, Howard Stern was just starting to fucking peak. You know, uh, become really big. You know, he's clearly a knockoff of that. Right. And he's doing a whole show about Michael Myers and you got all these fucking whack jobs calling in that want to... I, I do like that bit. I do You got too. all these yeah. people calling in and they're like, oh, I want to sleep with Michael. He's yeah. so sexy. And, 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 and Oh, they even talk about it. They're like, um, 
they they mention Michael Myers going to space in one of these fucking phone calls. You're right. Oh, you're right. They did yeah. say that. I heard they mm-hmm. sent him in space, and then someone said there's a fucking it, it, it's a um a conspiracy theory going on and something else. Oh yeah, you're right though. And he's like Michael Myers in space. I'll believe that when I see it. No <laughs> fucking like that's fucking awesome. That is uh, awesome. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, you're right. They do say that. Yeah. So she calls this DJ. You know, just because she's it's being played in the fucking bus station. Yeah. Well, she couldn't uh, get through to to the to nine one one. The power yeah. is a power outage, and she got denied there. So he just happened to give out the number. It was the next best thing. So, so she calls that. She's trying to fucking get a hold of Loomis. Of you course, know, she, he's listening. <laughs> yeah, of course, Loomis is fucking listening. Tommy Doyle, all the key players are listening. Fucking yeah, you Mrs. It. Blankenship is probably listening <laughs> to this shit. Oh, I gotta. I gotta listen to my DJ Barry Sims show. I love it. He's got fans of all ages. He's got fucking eight to eighty. He's got oh, everybody God. lined up. Old ass fucking Loomis listening to a show like that. He's Loomis in the cut I saw. I don't know about yours. He said that he's taping the fucking show because he's talking about Haddonfield and Halloween and all that stuff. Because when <laughs> when wants to he wants to go somewhere, he's like, oh, it's fine. I'm taping this. I'll listen to it later. <laughs> He's dubbing it to cassette, this Holy fucking guy. I'm taping yeah. it. I don't think he says that, but that's pretty funny. Oh, my God. That, that had me cracking up. <laughs> so, uh, the, the fucking... The, the chase continues with fucking Jamie, right? She just leaves. The, now, here's the, the funny thing, yeah. What happens there she to, goes to make in. her leave? Yeah. Now she goes in, she calls, and then, Dr. Lewis, are you there? Da, 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 that whole fucking thing. And how about Jamie? How about the fact that it's not Danielle Harris, by the way? Yeah. Uh, Do you know the story behind that? Uh, I think it was about money. Is that right? Just it a money was. Thing? And you know yeah. what they were going to pay her? They they offered to I pay don't. her. They offered oh. to pay her the same pay they paid her when she didn't when she made Halloween four, oh, <laughs> which Jesus. was eight years earlier. Oh my you know? god! Yeah, yeah. So it was. I honestly, I don't blame her. I mean, come on, she's fucking. Integral to the series, people would love to see her back after four and five, being you know six oh, yeah. years older and mm-hmm. definitely a cute girl, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that they only offered her fucking the same amount they paid her in part four, which you know. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a shame. That, I gotta, but that being said, I really do like this girl who's playing her. I I don't. Yeah, th- she's okay. Think it's bad at all, you know. She's she's good. And uh, I think she she is good. I mean, she's older than you want her to be, but um. Yeah, she yeah looks twenty four. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Instead of fifteen, is that what we came up with? Fifteen. <laughs> yeah, fifteen. Crazy. Oh my. So God. Daniel Harris probably would have been fifteen at the same time, maybe a little older. I'm not sure, but it would have worked better with her for that reason also. But yeah, she did look a little old, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, she's in there. She makes the call, and then Michael somehow gets in, and remember she's hiding in the bathroom stall. Oh yeah, he, 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 yeah. You see that whole thing of him pushing yes. the doors open and yes. stuff like that. And then and it's she, actually kind of decent because it's a little suspenseful. Then yeah. it, it kind of reminds you of the scene in uh, the original Maniac when the oh okay uh, yeah in the bathroom in the New York subway yeah yeah and he's pushing the thing back and pushing the thing and you think he, she's there and then you you see that she's out the window and then the next shot she's cruising away and then. <laughs> They cut to Loomis maybe or something else. And they come back to it, and he's following her. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, it's really convenient. There's a lot of fucking abandoned vehicles here. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Uh, I'm commandeering this vehicle. 
Who are you? I'm Michael fucking Myers. <laughs> Do you have some identification? This fucking knife. Shut the fuck up. Right. Uh, now, the first girl, honestly, how about Jamie? She just gets out of the fucking asylum or whatever it is where they're sacrificing when the baby's being born. And in her initial escape, she runs out in the field. She hops in this guy's truck. <laughs> and the guy says, hey, what are you doing? And she's trying to tell him that fucking Michael's behind him and everything else. Then he gets whacked. And, but I'm like, what the? He just happened to fucking leave the keys in the ignition. I don't think she hotwired the fucking thing. You know? Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, he got out to fucking take a piss or something. Who knows what this fucking guy was doing. But he gets a good neck crack. Yeah. Uh, this guy does, which which is always good. And when it's done right, it's always good. So. Right, yeah, they, they at least they, they went with that. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. good. And then we'll get to the gore, but there was there was a little of that. Not as much the, as it was supposed to be, but whatever. She gets dro- uh, 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 forced off the road, and, right. Uh, and right there I'm thinking, holy shit, I hope that baby is in a goddamn car seat because <laughs> the car is fucking going nuts and she fucking crashes. It's crazy. And, and then we get a nice little chase in um, in in a barn or something like that. Now this right. scene is definitely different from the producer's cut to the theatrical cut. Uh, in the theatrical cut, it ends in glorious, bloody fashion, yeah, and I think stuff. it's fucking great, yes. dude. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. It's a little out of character for Michael because uh, I think he. He throws her on on this like farm equipment or something, and then she's like reaching out to him, like right. you know, help me, help me. And he kind of puts his hands up and reaches out to her. It's kind of out of out of uh, character yeah. as to what Michael would do. And then he like thrusts her down. I think it's totally badass, and it fucking it's looks great. great then but then he turns it's, it on. It's a, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, he exactly. her up some more. Yeah, it's good yeah. shit. But that's that's a little out of character for him. But it's it's fucking awesome, and I'll I'll just say it right now. This is uh, my banana split of the movie. You read I my fucking, mind. Yeah. Yep. I think this part is great. Um, it's definitely an improvement upon the producer's cut, which in that um, all oh, all that horrible. happens horrible. is she gets stabbed by Michael, and it's not graphic. You don't really see anything, and she's just left for dead, and. It makes no sense yeah. why she needs to be alive anymore throughout the rest of this movie because she no. does nothing. She's not, uh, uh, she's not important to the plot whatsoever. It made sense just to kill her right there, and why not do it in a fucking and gory fashion? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Jesus, crank it up at this point. You know? Yeah, Fuck. man. Yeah, why did they do that? With their, they had her die in the hospital, and it was uneventful, right? Well, the, yeah. What the fuck is this? She, she goes to the hospital. And and it's not really explained. You you see her get taken away, but she's not like talking or anything. She's unconscious. So you think that that she is dead, you know. But then later you see her like in the hospital on life support. And what happens to her then is that the man in black, who who we find out later is is Doctor Wynn, comes in, says you're no longer needed, Jamie, and then <laughs> shoots her shoots her with a silencer. <laughs> I think it's cool. Like, oh. wah, wah, wah. like yeah. what the fuck? It's 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 lame. It's boring. Why is it dragged out? Uh, the the way they do it in the theatrical cut is a big improvement. Now I'll tell you what though, what you said about Michael, it is out of character for the original Michael Myers, absolutely. 
Because I don't know if you're saying it's out of character because he's like fucking with her. Like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm going to help you and then he's going to push her. Or yeah. the fact that he, okay. Well, then, yes, then I agree that it's out of character. But if you were, I was, you know, going to say, if you were saying that it's out of character for him to almost bond with her, that kind of calls back part five with the, yeah. like, the teardrop thing. But he's no. not doing that because he's, he's like you think he's just fucking he's, with her. He's mocking her, right? Okay, of, I agree. All right, you know that's what it looks like to me. And then he that. pushes her down. You know he's he doesn't give a shit. He's mocking uh, her pain and stuff like okay. that. Okay, I I think that too. I just wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that that's what you meant because if if you you know if you were going the other direction, I was going to say well the teardrop in part five. But no, I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he is mocking her, and it is fucking out of place. We uh, so we were introduced to the Schrodes, uh, you know, of that night. Whenever we got Tommy doing a peeping Tom act into <laughs> into yes. uh, who I guess is our main character. It's kind of you know the like the final girl. I guess is that Kara Strode, the, That's the her. yeah yeah the the chick who has the young son and who's now moving back in with her family and trying. I guess she. You know, I, it's never really explained, uh, but she's coming back home. Essentially, she has a bastard son. Her dad is a fucking prick. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! The next morning at the fucking breakfast table, <laughs> you you want I, it's you want this guy to die. Yeah, you man. want him to be thrown on that fucking farm equipment. And, yeah. I mean, you want him to die so bad. And we get a nice little bit here where <laughs> her son. Uh, uh, what's his name? Danny. Yeah, her. He's he's standing up. He's threatening her, or something like that. And he just has a knife. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's cool. To his stomach, and it's kind of shocking because everyone just freezes. They don't yeah. know what to do. You know, why is he holding a knife there? Clearly, he's just defending his mother. But at the same time, he's seeing visions, or right. he's being he's being talked to by the man in black, and all this stuff. So. I, I did like that element, and you want this fucking guy to die so bad. Definitely. You want him to die right there. So yeah, what yeah, a he's, prick. he's a prick. <laughs> yeah, man. Jinx. Fucking, yeah, <laughs> on the beer. <laughs> he's fucking yeah. uh, slap it. He slapped his daughter. He called his grandson a bastard. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's well, motherfucking his wife, saying this and that. Give him more of my money. Here, take it all. Fucking. And yeah, his poor me. wife. I mean, she is just help uh, a helpless little fucking. Yeah. Ma- I mean, she she has no backbone, and and that's just a shame. Well, she puts up with it. It's classic yeah. shit. Yeah, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. And yeah, what are you gonna do? But she still tries to help her daughter at least by giving her some cash. And then the other yeah. kid's undisciplined. Fucking Tim. Yeah. Now he uh, has. Yeah, this family is so big. There's so many characters. You know, people are. Are in, they're out. You know, people are related. They're not related. It's it's fucking. It's, there's just too many people in this fucking movie. Uh, the Strodes, the fucking Myers. Oh my god. I was only eight years old when I saw him, but I was one of the lucky ones. I survived. There is help out there for people like you. It's called electroshock therapy. Come on, you don't really believe that Michael Myers is actually alive. Michael's work isn't done in Haddonfield, and soon, very soon. He'll come home to kill again, but this time I'll be ready. Yeah. So we get uh, to go back to Tommy Doyle. He pieces this shit together. He encyclopedia Browns it together 
through the radio show, he figures out somehow uh, because of the speaker played on the radio show that she was at the bus station. So he goes there to investigate. And and there, somehow, (laughs) (laughs) finds the baby that was there all night. Okay, I get I get that she could leave a baby there and because there's nobody there at night. But no, when but he goes there, there's people it, there now. It's a bustling fucking bus yes, station. Right. And and there's fucking blood all over the there's place. There's fresh it's blood like, and nobody fucking has seen it. He yeah. stumbles upon it cuz he goes into a phone booth and he sees and he follows literally a trail of blood to the fucking <laughs> bathroom. Nobody had seen it until he got there. Maybe they fired all the janitors in this fucking place. I'm pretty sure janitors get there like first thing in the morning before anybody else right? yeah. to like clean up. That makes sense to me, but Yeah. And whew. then the baby's crying in that fucking thing. Nobody fucking heard that baby. come on, a baby like that abandoned's not gonna cry all night long. It's been probably Jesus. twelve hours, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, easily. And yeah, it's, pretty it, ridiculous. It's, it's something that's ridiculous. It, it yeah. should have been written better, but yeah. it is what it is. Does he know that it's Jamie Lloyd's daughter? Does he piece that together? I think so. I, I, you know what? It, it, I don't know if that, that information was ever I don't think so. released to the public. So, yeah. no, but he knows of Jamie Lloyd. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. she's disgusted and they say it on the radio show. And I think she's, she says that it's Jamie. It's Jamie, Jamie Lloyd. Dr. Loomis, are you there? I think. Yeah, okay. Don't quote me. I don't know. But I know she asked for Loomis on the air. Either A, either a she said it or B, he pieced it together. But that's the thing that's his role in this movie Tommy Doyle has become Tommy Jarvis yeah (laughs) (laughs) basically that's the role he's playing (laughs) a very poorly acted (laughs) Tommy Jarvis by by Paul Rudd holy shit yeah right Uh, this is like his first movie role I think it is it's introducing Paul Rudd correct he is wow going for it man he's overacting (laughs) so bad in this fucking movie it's comical his line readings are just fucking astonishing (laughs) how over the top he goes it's not he's not meant to to do serious roles no uh uh-uh not like this no and and so he (laughs) takes the baby to the hospital i need to see a doctor what seems to be the problem uh it's my baby it's there's been an accident what kind of accident? Get me a doctor now! Security? Just yelling at like, dude, calm down. You've been here 2.5 seconds. Right. <laughs> Slow your roll, okay? There's a protocol that you have to abide by. You got to fill out this paperwork. He's like, fuck this paperwork. Yep, Holy shit, security. it's Loomis. Hey, yeah. Dr. Loomis. <laughs> What's he doing there? <laughs> What is Lewis doing at the hospital? Well, I'll tell you why he's there. Because that, yeah, because in the producer's cut, that's where Laurie Strode is taken because she's still alive. And the theatrical cut. Oh, oh, you mean Jamie? Okay. What'd I say? You said Laurie Strode. I'm like, what? Uh, I meant, uh, yeah, I meant Jamie Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Jamie, okay. Strode, Lloyd, Myers. Yeah, I I hear you, buddy. <laughs> okay, so so Jamie Lloyd is taken to this hospital. Oh, but but you see in the theatrical cut, it makes no sense at all. That's the first thing I thought. Right. What the fuck is Loomis doing at the hospital? He's just there. I yeah. Think. yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. This guy's fucking everywhere. Yeah. First he just shows the, up. <laughs> he's at the children's clinic in part five. He's at the <laughs> hospital in part six. 
<laughs> he's the fucking he's, man about town. He's gangster. He runs the fucking town, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. He's like, what? I, I live in Haddonfield now. I'm here. That's what I do. <laughs> I, he's He just fucking hibernates until, like, fucking... You know, he smells Michael Myers fucking Jesus right? Christ. And the funny thing is he tried to retire. He even said, very much retired. But then, as soon as Wynn shows up, he's talking to him. He just happens to have Michael's shit basically in his lap. He goes, my past is all here in this <laughs> manuscript. Because he's reading it. He, yes. He's jerking off to that <laughs> shit. He can't get enough of it. Oh, yeah, fucking Michael. Yeah, stare at that wall. Look through the wall. Look past that wall, Michael. God damn it. Uh, your rage, yeah. The rage. The rage. Yeah. Rage. Yes, he, this time he's doing it. We thought he orgasmed at the end of five. Oh, he's Back. doing it now, yeah. He's got the fucking papers and everything ready to catch his fucking one. <laughs> he's ready to go. Oh, brother. So, yeah, where the fuck? So, Loomis is in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, then Tommy they te- Doyle, you know, yeah, it's me. Remember, I'm Tommy Doyle. And Tommy recognizes him right away. He's, he's oh yeah, behind, but you know he is a pillar of, of, of Haddonfield now. You know, so. and, and Tommy is so immersed in Michael Myers' mythology and oh. lore and all that stuff. He's wow. He, you know, what what would have been interesting? Maybe not. I don't know. But if they were like setting him up to be like the next. <laughs> Loomis, you know, like oh, in the right, next right. in the next sequel, it would have been Tommy Doyle. He's like, you know, I'm not a doctor, but you know, I got a gun and I can <laughs> yell about rage and and uh, the blackest eyes and all that shit. I'll you know do he's it, passing and, it on to him. But the thing yeah. is, there you go. He is Tommy Jarvis. He's, he's part six Tommy Jarvis, basically. Yeah. Part six Tommy Jarvis is the fucking poor man's Loomis. <laughs> I think it's cool. You know? <laughs> I think yeah. I said that in the true. Record. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that he's a fucking. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden he's like Loomis. He knows everything about Jason, fucking Crystal Lake, da, 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 everything. That's what they did with that part, and now they're doing it again in this movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, the best way to explain Paul Rudd's performance is like the guy's fucking tripping on acid the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, really, he's bugging the fuck out. He's really intense. He's fucking the way he describes everything, the way he talks. Really, it's like this fucking dude is, you know. But granted, he is in that that halfway house or whatever it is, so he's not right in the head either. He's a little no, definitely not. He's a little cuckoo. Yeah. And and after you know they needed a crazy, uh, you know, protagonist character because Loomis is too old to really be that crazy anymore. He's just shuffling around the whole time. You know, he can't like, you know grab a hold of people and scream at, where's my girl where's my girl you know that's that's tommy's job now right somebody's got to do it yeah yep he's the so, muscle you know uh, yeah exactly how about you the know, thorn symbol did it was this in the in the producer's cut because it was in the theatricals cut and it makes no fucking sense and it they really should not have put that in there when they go to they, they see some haystacks and fucking the thorn symbol is burned into them yeah where, where they find jamie lloyd there has you go. been killed. Yeah, Thank you. yeah. That's why they're there. The cops are there, and of course, Loomis is there. When the, wherever the cops are, Loomis is there. He says he goes, that, that that's his mark. He says, "What the fuck, really? That's his mark?" Bullshit. I thought he just wrote Sam Hain on chalkboards. <laughs> huh. right. What the fuck? Bullshit. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, the the cops. He has some interaction with the cops, 
And the cops nowadays, mm-mm, they're not having any of this guy's fucking bullshit. Bullshit! Oh, you it. know, yeah, yeah they, he can't boss the fucking cops around anymore. You know, they're they're just like, nah, whatever, old man. They're they're, <laughs> they're not having it. It's they finally wised up. Holy shit! <laughs> right. Yep, yeah. much smarter cops in this movie, <laughs> especially yeah. in part five. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No clown music. Holy right. shit. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be in a rush to stick it up your crack. Banana Laser will be right back. From the creators of The Fleshlight comes a new product just in time for Halloween. No more masturbating without holiday flair because Jack Off Lantern is here. Just because you're alone doesn't mean that you can't celebrate Halloween. Put on a scary porn parody, dim the lights, and fire up the Jack-Off Lantern. Our scientists have made tremendous leaps in Jack-Off technology, with three distinct and unique holes for your penis, each with their own feel and moisture levels. Also, the sperm reservoir can hold up to one quart of fluid, which will limit disposal to twice a week maximum. And the best part is, when you aren't using Jack-Off Lantern, it makes the perfect decorative piece for your window or front porch, complete with a battery operator candle to illuminate the spooky fuck holes. No one will be aware as they admire this jizz-filled jack-off lantern. Listen to this loser uh, uh, user testimony. Halloween now lasts all year in my mom's basement thanks to jack-off lantern. There you have it, jack-off lantern. Your Halloween just got sexier. Now available at Spanky's Halloween Spirit at Walmart. This force, this thing that lived inside of him came from a source too violent, too deadly for you to imagine. It it grew inside him, contaminating his soul. It was pure evil. What makes you think he'll come back here? This house is sacred to him. He has all his memories here. His rage! Mrs. Strode, I beg of you, don't let your family suffer the same fate that Laurie and her daughter suffered. Okay, Loomis then goes to the fucking Strode house, right? And fucking scares the shit out of Mama Strode, you know, little meek meek Mama Strode. (laughs) And, oh my gosh, yeah, he basically, you know, comes in and just talks up this whole thing, you know, and scares this woman half to death. She immediately calls her husband and I, mm-hmm. I fucking love this interaction. Uh, is, is it this part? There's some line that the fucking father Schrode gives where he's like, you've lost it now. You know that Deborah? you've just lost it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it that line where they're talking on you have fucking lost it. Yeah. And then he immediately <laughs> hangs up and just starts drinking. He's like, Oh God damn it. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like this guy, uh, fucking He's busted, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Uh, this guy, <laughs> the doctor from part two, the fucking, uh, the the groundskeeper from <laughs> from part one. The further uh, adventures of Loomis and the groundskeeper. We we got yes. some great great drunks in these movies. Uh, who else? Um, Tom Atkins in part three. I mean, yeah, of course. You know, yeah. 
There's all kinds of, of alcoholics in these movies. The the fucking Halloween series just loves them. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Rev, Reverend Sayer from part four. Yeah, yeah. Bam. You're chasing Holy it. Holy shit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> 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 oh. But wait a minute. Was the guy a drunk, the great, the great, yeah, the groundskeeper? Was I, he a drunk or was he not? He's just assumed to be a drunk. I, I'm, I'm just assuming, I think. Okay, fair enough. It, it fits that kind of character. It does. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, very shortly after, uh, Loomis leaves, and we get a really fucking cool scene where uh, Mother Strode, whatever her name is, is stalked by Michael. And I yeah. really enjoy this scene because they this is uh, one of the moments where they do callbacks to part one. Right. Uh, and, for instance, she's on the phone to her asshole of a husband, and she's walking back and forth, and you see Michael in the background as she passes by, and then it comes back, and he's not there. Very reminiscent of Annie uh, making the phone call uh, in her underwear in part one. Maybe she wasn't in her underwear at that point. I don't know. But yeah, in she part, was. She in just part one. thing over. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's very similar to that. And I thought that worked very well. Yep. Then you got a... Uh, uh, it's a little cat and mouse in the house, right. and then it leads outside. And this this part I love, and this is what cool. Danny Danny was talking about. Danny B, uh, daytime. It was right, Danny, right? right? Yes, yeah, Danny was. B talking about daytime kill. Uh, I like this because she's lost in the the, the hanging laundry that's yeah. drying out there, and that also harkens back to the moment. Uh, from part one, the infamous moment where he's staring at Laurie Strode. Yeah, uh, uh, don't you think? No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. of the laundry and the line and the white sheet, and absolutely. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Definitely cool. And you, you, you know, Michael's gonna pop up. She's scrambling. She's a fucking mess. Uh, it's it's a cool scene, and she, you know, she finds him. She looks up, and there he is. And he's he's standing there in great fashion, and then he fucking baseball bats her face with a fucking axe yeah. or a hatchet. Enough! But this Michael Myers bullshit! I'm assuming it's the one that the uh, the father used to... Uh, oh, at yeah! The be- at the beginning of the movie, they had a, like a fucking Michael Myers sign. Yeah, and he's chopping that- it down, pissed off. Yeah. yeah. I'm sick and tired of this Michael, <laughs> Michael. Myers Bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great fucking line right there. Uh, he's full of good lines. He's yeah. a frick character, but I'll tell you, he does bring something to this movie. Oh, he's he's yeah, yeah. definitely a character that you want in yeah. this movie. We hate him, yes. but he's it's great for it. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah, he does and, a good job. <laughs> yeah, so she dies in in horrendous fashion. You know, this just backs up, you know, everything that we're saying. I love this scene. I think it works great. Yeah, it man. calls back to part one, mm-hmm. big time, and he, there's no thorn shit in it. You know, it's just no. Michael. It's just Michael doing what Michael does. You know, right. and that's why it's good. Uh, speaking of callbacks, oh, okay. between fucking Tommy Doyle when he bumps in to uh, little Danny and Danny drops the pumpkin on the ground and the pumpkin smashes. Oh yeah, looks at him sympathetically because that's what happened to him in part yes. one. Yeah. Another brilliant callback. Yeah, Here, and it, it definitely works. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that 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 scene was great. I yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. you know. I don't know if everybody noticed it or not, but it, it was cool. Clever. 
Yeah, and um, I think it was around this time uh, we're seeing uh, uh, men in black and thorn people like in the background and seeing vans and stuff like that. It's like this whole fucking cult thing is really like a, a big deal. How he stops Michael at the end is with these uh, rune stones, you know, and basically freezes Michael in his tracks. And I always, I, I kind of, I thought about it this time, and I was like, well, maybe those are fucking uh, Stonehenge pieces. Stonehenge. <laughs> I think it's cool. Bullshit! You've just lost it. Ah. Or something like that. <laughs> that fucking... It's the power of Stonehenge that stops Michael at the end. And I, I would, if they would have elaborated on that and connected it to three, that would have been so fucking awesome. I would have... I yeah. I'd bow down to Thorn. If they fucking <laughs> connected it that hard to fucking part three, I would love Thorn. I wouldn't complain about it at all. Yeah, I hear you. Wow, because once again, that doesn't happen in the theatrical. I don't know a dick about the stones. So yeah, well, it's it's oh. a good thing because it's pretty stupid. Yeah. Um, Do you want you to know, talk about Beth and Tim? Yes. Okay. So they have this whole subplot right. of 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 like some town gathering that they're trying to start. I don't know if they start it, but basically, the entire town has abandoned Halloween. Right. right and for yeah. good reason because holy Oops. shit people right. getting killed all like just fucking forget it nobody's doing this halloween fucking bullshit yeah. anymore <laughs> you know so right um yeah she's basically spearheading the whole thing she's pretty fucking intent on it whatever her yeah name is Beth. yeah yeah and she she has a, like a, a an agenda yeah and she she gets barry sims to come you know and all this shit and she has an agenda to I don't know, fucking get Halloween back. I don't Basically, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. like she just, why, why don't you just move? Haddonfield seems like kind of a lame <laughs> place to live anyways. Move to Chicago. It's probably not that far away. <laughs> That's true. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but they've grown, remember, what I just said. <laughs> the economy's been booming. They got the Haddonfield Memorial. They got the Haddonfield Children's Clinic. Yeah, fucking, you know, sure. they're 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 much bigger than than they were in 1978. This isn't your fucking <laughs> your old man's Haddonfield, you know. This ain't your granddaddy's Haddonfield. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, <laughs> but you know we're we're at night now, and the fucking dad comes home <laughs> yeah. all blasted, drunk, and and he he cannot stop being a fucking asshole. Oh, he's great. He's oh, like, dinner, right? Yeah, he's like, fucking... uh, yeah, like wow. You're you're a fucking prick, but yeah, he uh, and this was another scene that was elaborated more in the theatrical and and to to grand fashion as well because he eventually works his way downstairs for whatever reason and powers and, off. He's trying. To yeah, that's right. That's right. And gets killed by by Michael. Uh, you know. Yeah, with, finds the with, blood in the in the the bloody uh, sheets in the the washing machine. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, what? Yeah, Wait a minute. Cool. Wait, so Michael was doing the laundry to cover his tracks? <laughs> I don't know. He's like, he's like, oh shit! I have a body. <laughs> I have fucking bloody sheets. I gotta fucking wash these motherfuckers. Where's the washer <laughs> and dryer? Holy shit! I've never pieced that together. That's, that's right. fucking insane. 
<laughs> I think you threw a, a small dog in the, in the laundry. That's what that was all about. You didn't kill him. Yeah. Yet, you know? <laughs> Where's <laughs> that fucking dog? <laughs> I need to kill a dog. You just I have to. Up a chihuahua and threw it in the fucking wash with the bloody sheets. Ah, that'll do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. So. uh so yeah, yeah that and, Michael and that guy, that's a good ass fucking scene. I mean it's yeah, the, ridiculous, the, preposterous. It is but. so ridiculous. Yeah. It make it's but it's awesome. I mean right. his fucking he gets electrocuted until his fucking head explodes. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, but hey, I'm going with it. Why? Because it looks fucking cool as shit. Yeah, it does. It explodes like the fucking Death Star too. <laughs> <laughs> the Death Star <laughs> Boom! <laughs> you almost see fucking star shooting out of it. It's out of control. And 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 that doesn't happen nearly that graphic in the producer's cut. Yeah, he he electrocutes him. He stabs him. Or I don't even understand how that works, really. But uh, <laughs> but his head does not explode. So oh really? So no, no, his head does not explode at all. It's just you see the. Uh, he's just electrocuted, essentially, and, right. and that that's it. He froths um, at the mouth a little bit, right? And, yeah. And his face mm-hmm. gets a little bubbly. Yeah, and then yeah. that's it. Good so, effects, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gore. It's, what's his name, too? It's fucking um, John Carl Beekler. You know who that guy. He directed fucking uh, Friday the 13th Part 7, and he got chopped to hell. And he, Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah, He's done yeah. A, a handful of, um, you know, well-known genre movies at, at that time. So he's, okay, he's, so he's good he makeup did... effects. Okay, yeah. he did the effects. Okay, but gotcha. he got cut, and, and the producer cut the gore. There was a the big thing about it. There was a there was there was all kinds of conflicts. The writer and director, the director had conflicts, and it was a big for the first time. That's one thing about this movie. It's a dimension uh, movie, and it's um is Miramax the head of it, or, or is Miramax is the is the major company? The, the, the yeah, it's the Weinstein company. Okay, probably, I think. Well, there yeah. you go. This is the first major studio release of a Halloween movie. It was always independent before. Huh. So, yeah, it became so, a big deal. And that's why shit hit the fan at the end because they okay. showed the movie to fucking test people, to, to test screeners. And it was like oh. kids, like 14, 15, 16-year-old kids. And they didn't like what they saw and they ended up going back and recording a fucking a third of the film after that, after the test screening because huh. they had a bad fucking reaction from young teenagers. They let them fucking decide the fate of the movie. <laughs> Dude, test test screens. I mean, sometimes it helps movies, but and it helps this movie, I think. Well, who knows? You know, so. We're talking about what a mess it is with so many different things going on. Maybe yeah. it was better the first, maybe they explained Thorn better the first time around. And the test audiences yeah. didn't fucking like it. Yeah, but I saw it. They were talking about the documentary, and it was funny because of all people, Rob Zombie comes up and he was talking about test screeners and how they played him to teens. And he was like, "He goes, what the fuck?" He says, <laughs> "What does he say?" He goes, "If you would have shown me, you know, Jaws when I was fourteen, yeah, <laughs> you know, I would have fucked that movie up. I would have said, no, do this, 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 and I would have ruined the right. entire movie." Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's oh, true. No. Yeah, so oh, cool. I don't know. Moving forward, they uh, with the whole party thing aspect the town meeting whatever the fuck this thing is that these kids are trying to to put on they don't film it well and it's supposed to seem like there's a lot of people there and stuff like that but they never get any kind of like wide shots of what's really going on in the town square and so it's 
it's supposed to seem like there's a lot of people there, but it almost seems like nobody is there. Yeah, it's like but, a party. It's a glorified party. Yeah. You know, kids on the front yeah. lawn, fucking whatever. This is the Barry Sims show. And when we return, we'll be coming at you live from the one, the only, Myers house. How's that for a Halloween shot fit? <laughs> Yeah, and so this is where we get the introduction, the physical introduction to Barry Sims. Hello, Haddonfield. <laughs> yeah, that was and, played off well too. Yeah, uh, this guy, this guy is a whack job. It's over the top and shit like that. But it, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting character to have in this movie. Mm-hmm. It, it went nowhere right. uh, a- after he's introduced because. Uh, you know, they get up on stage, they do this little rigmarole and where she, you know, interjects her agenda right. and she's like, well, you know, my boyfriend lives in the fucking Myers house. Right. She knows, <laughs> she knows that she's baiting this asshole, you know, and he t- takes the bait hook, line and sinker. Who wouldn't? Then you see he's so, an asshole behind the scenes and then as soon as you see that out, he's an asshole in front of the camera uh-huh. and then behind yeah. the camera and then he, by the time fucking you find that out. You know, he's whack. That's the end of him. Yeah, and the only reason he dies is because he gets in the wrong van. He gets in a Smith's Grove van. Oh, you're shitting me. No, that's because I was watching it this time, and I'm like, I'm I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I know he dies in this scene, but why? You know, why would Michael do it? Oh, he just grabs a random fucking van. It's it's because he's talking on his phone. And he's he's so he's preoccupied. He goes to the parking lot. He probably showed up in some production van, and but he happens to get in the van that Michael was driving, which is a Smith's Grove van, and you see it on the side. Oh, and Michael just right. happens to be in the back, and so then he kills him. He's like, "Well, oh, okay, you're dead." Yeah, you've explained it because I was going to say, "Why the fuck was he waiting there?" You know, yeah, to kill this why. guy. What the fuck mm-hmm. does he care? So, well, at least that, that, you know, that explains that. What happens after is but ridiculous, that he puts it right. in the fucking tree. Why? Why, 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 why? <laughs> it's still in the middle of town square, and nobody saw him do that. Right? I don't... Yeah, and that dumb little girl, it's raining. It's raining red. It's raining red. Mommy, it, it's yeah. raining. The fuck? What's wrong? Is she the fucking one on acid? Holy fuck. She's just sitting there <laughs> spinning around. Mommy! It's raining. It's warm. What the fuck? And this girl's old enough. Who the fuck acts like? My daughter would never talk like that. She's seven years old. You know. <laughs> I can taste the colors, mommy. <laughs> this was another thing that they changed from producers to theatrical, which I don't really get. Uh, they changed her dialogue. Uh, I think in the producers, or one of them, she's singing a song uh, that's to the tune of... He's got the whole wide world in his hands. Really? Yeah, oh, and I think that's cut. that's wow. producers. Yeah, she's singing the song about it raining. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could remember, but I can't. Uh, yeah, and then it, they change it to the theatrical to her just saying, it's raining red, it's raining red. She's not singing at all. So I thought that was a strange choice to change that. He was mm-hmm. tied up in some shit. Look like Christmas lights, of all things. He was tied up in a fucking tree with lights or something. And I don't yeah. Know. It's Christmas now. It's fucking. It's black. It's the Black Christmas remake. All of a sudden, (laughs) Billy, Billy. 
the two kids, uh, Tim and his fucking uh, bang trough, his girlfriend, they go back to uh, uh, his place, and then they they go upstairs and they start to bang. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, wait, well, well, wait, didn't you guys make plans to have this DJ come back to your house and do like a radio show? It's a call back to part one again. It's spont, you know, spontaneity. They fucking go here and do this. Ah, fuck it. Let's fucking, you know, let's fuck. <laughs> I think it's cool. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> your sister's man. bed, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just found that strange. But then, it is funny. I hear you. It is strange. Because uh, the people uh, be coming over, a film crew or whoever, yeah. a guy in his thing, and they're up there fucking. <laughs> That's true. It is funny. Yeah, he's thinking, he's he's telling her, he's like, I can rattle this off in 30 seconds. Yeah, It'll right, be let's quick, go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, you know. <laughs> and then I know that they get killed shortly after. But, oh, I, I recall, uh, the, the older sister, Kara, she's over at Tommy's house with her son. Right. Tommy's uh, peeping Tom, you know, telescope right. or whatever. She sees them get killed, I believe. I don't even remember how this happens. I just know it happens, so it must not have been that interesting. Yeah, you're, I forgot. I think he gets killed in the shower, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't know. know. But yeah, and then she, he sees her she sees her in the bed. She calls him up. She calls her up on the phone. They're talking. And she's talking to him. She goes, there's somebody behind you. And then she tells her to get out. And then, you know, she's stabbing her in the back. It's actually kind of a decent scene. The Druids were also great mathematicians and astronomers. But the thorn symbol is actually a constellation of stars that appears from time to time on Halloween night. Whenever it appears, he appears. So now we're thrust into the final chase, or sort of, the final act, let's say. Uh, because really there's not that many characters left. I watched this last night and I'm drawing blanks here, but <laughs> they somehow get back to uh, Smith's Grove, right? Well, hold on. No, here's what it is. What, what, what's happening? Yeah. This is exactly what happens. They are at the, the, the halfway house, Mrs. Blankenship's place. Ah, okay. And they're there. Loomis is there and, and they're all there. Some shit started to hit the fan, and then you hear a voice, and he's calling over the little boy. Yeah. And then, Kill for me, Danny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they get in there, and then he reveals himself yep. to be Dr. Uh, Dr. Thorne, I was going to say. Dr. Thorne. <laughs> Dr. Now, Finn. And he's like, what the fuck? And then, you know, then Loomis is surprised by it. And then it's really weird, because I don't know how it is in the producers, but... All of a sudden, you fucking a few minutes later, you see Tommy Doyle and Loomis, and they're in the, like in the front yard walking around. And actually, they they made a play on it. Somebody fell off the fucking. Uh, I think Kara Strode falls off of something and lands on the ground. She like jumps out the fucking window. It's a situation, get, yeah, yeah, that's to it. get away from. Him. It's like the end of part one, though. They play it off that way, where there's a little, a little imprint in the grass, and she falls, <laughs> and you expect her to be there, and then next scene. You see Loomis and Tommy Doyle standing there. It's the same situation as the end of part one or beginning of part two, whichever. And she's not there, and they're confused as to why. And then someone says, oh, I think we were drugged. I feel something. So they just sum it up that way. They're fucking, what's his name, drugged him. Uh, Loomis tells Tommy, Dr. Wynn is playing a game, and I, I know where he wants me to go to fucking for the conclusion of the game. 
So he just knows. Okay, we're drugged. This is some type of fucking thing he's doing. Wynn wants me at, at wants us all at Smith's Grove to fucking conclude this. Hmm. So we're gonna go, basically. The reveal of Doctor Wynn being the Man in Black, right? Is I mean uh, the reveal is fine. Just the idea though that this old guy who's like you know, you know, it's like your dad. You know, <laughs> I, I can't picture this guy walking around town with steel tipped cowboy boots and a fucking trench coat and a cowboy hat i don't it, it just yeah, doesn't right. it just That's doesn't true. fit for me it doesn't it's clearly not his style you know but they had to they had to do it i guess um yeah you, you know what i just thought of the, the whole men in black look reminds me very much of uh who's the guy from friday the final Friday, <laughs> fucking uh. Oh, uh, you're right, Creighton Duke. <laughs> Creighton, yeah, Duke. It, they're they're like the same guy. <laughs> fucking trench coat, cowboy hat, uh, fucking whack job. You know, they're like right. the same fucking character. It was a oh, knockoff. Of fucking the man in black. The man in black. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Now this is where the differences between the producer's cut and the theatrical cut are their biggest. Uh, because uh, this is kind of where the movie really goes, Cult of Thorn, in the in the producer's cut, and Michael Myers is almost a second. Once you reveal that Wynn is is the Man in Black, Michael Myers is fucking basically in the background the entire time. He doesn't matter because from then on, it's about Cult of Thorn and what they want to do and their plot to. I don't know, kill people, you know, for, for you know, for sacrifice. And so, uh, you know, at Smith's Grove, there's a lot more of, uh, people in robes and fucking, uh, they have the baby and all this stuff. And, and there's a lot more to that. Uh, now I don't even remember the theatrical cut, but I think Michael Myers is more at the forefront at the end. Is he not? Well, yes and no. He has the chase yeah. scene going on, so yeah. But it's like it comes up in converse in conversation between Wynn and Loomis because he basically he charges into uh, Wynn's office and he's waiting for him. And then mm-hmm. he says something to him, and they have he goes, "Ah, I didn't. I was beginning to think you weren't going to come." I think he said. And then Loomis is there, and they're talking. And he goes, "You know, I thought Michael was the monster, but you," he said. It was oh, a situation. God. You know, he was basically saying. That's where I got that idea from. That that they were trying to replace Michael. Uh-huh. He says something in that speech. He's talking to him about. He's like, "Why?" You know, and he he talks a little bit about it, and then, you know, he says something about it, and so then huh. he's basically alluding to the fact he says something about Jamie's child. So that's where I get that idea that that was the one being groomed. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's so fucked up the last like fifteen minutes. So much. There is a good chase. Michael chasing. You know, uh, and what's her name's locked up for a little bit. Uh, Kara Stroll's locked up along with the boy. You know, oh man, it's tough. I don't. I know there's a a small chase at the end of producer's cut. You know, Tommy uses the fucking rocks, like I said, to just lay them out. You know, uh, and stop Michael and get away. I don't fucking fuck. I'm drawing a blank as to what happens with wind and everything. So. I do know what happens in the theatrical. I know that, that they go there. Tommy Doyle is trying to find 
Akira and, and Danny, you know? So basically, Michael was assigned to fucking prevent that from happening. So he's still there. He's basically chasing Tommy Doyle while Loomis and Wynn have their fucking little discussion, uh, mm-hmm. whatever. That's what's going on. So Tommy's trying to find out, and he starts, he walks down the hallway, and he starts hearing uh, Kara Strode. She's calling for him. She's calling for help, and he's trying to figure out who it is. Then he, then he grabs something, and he starts fucking pounding away at it. Michael's walking slowly, but getting closer and closer to him. They're doing that shit again. The door, the room number, there's actually a number on the fucking door because it's a sanitarium, you know? Mm-hmm. So you probably don't know because you don't remember. But yeah, I don't. Okay, two thirty-seven. Yes. Oh, is it? Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> two thirty-seven. Yeah, very good. Holy fuck. Yeah, hey, love it. Love the Shining, man. Love yeah, it. there you go. I was. Yeah, isn't that something? They huh. must have done that intentionally. Oh yeah. Fuck. You know? Huh. I didn't. I know. I didn't catch that. Never noticed it till the other day. Huh. So yeah. So he's trying to get in there, and then something happens, and there's an operating room massacre. They, it's like they're trying to push him away, and they're do some. They're trying to do something with the baby or with Kara Strode. I don't even. I think the baby, you know. And and they're bringing the baby in there, and they're trying to do something. And then fucking mm-hmm. something happens. Michael's chasing them, and then he abandons it, and he goes in the fucking operating room. And next thing you know, there's doctors and fucking nurses and and blood all over the place. And Michael just massacred everybody, and it's not mm. really explained why. I don't think that that happens in the. Uh... In the producer's cut. Okay. Uh, yeah, maybe it does. Like I said, I'm kind of foggy now. Yes. Yeah, uh, because it gets so thick into the thorn shit mm-hmm. that I just, I just want, I just want Michael to chase somebody, and that's it. You know. So I right. guess I kind of tuned out at that point, and and that's fine because this, the producer's cut really just falls apart at the end, in my opinion. It's not exciting. Um, you know the last twenty minutes is is rather kind of dull, and how they dispose of Michael is fucking so stupid. You know that they would stop him with rocks and not and no, <laughs> nothing physical at all. He he lays rocks on the fucking in the hallway. Oh my and, god! And Michael can't move anymore. Like and then they just walk around him like, well, see you later. That's fucking like, terrible. It's fucking stupid. And then. You know, and then the very end I know is much different from the theatrical and the producer's cut. Uh, it has, uh, you know, the kids with Loomis, and they say their goodbyes, but Loomis is like, "Nice, nah, I, I can't go with you guys. I still got something to do." And it's like, "What the fuck do you have to do, old man? Jesus, just let it go already." <laughs> Never. And uh, yeah. <laughs> he he goes back in to where Tommy froze. Uh, Michael and he's now on the ground and he takes the mask off and it's Dr. Wynn and Wynn is still he's alive uh, barely and he says it's your game now Loomis and <laughs> and then you see the fucking thorn symbol appear on fucking Loomis's wrist as he screams no no you know <laughs> And then you see Michael walking away down the hallway dressed as the man in black like fucking Loomis is now, you know, bestowed to be the fucking caretaker of Michael Myers. What the fuck is going on? You fucking went off the deep end with this one, motherfuckers. Holy shit. Wow. The theatrical isn't much better, but we still no, get that No, yeah, I chase. remember that. Yeah, it's it's not as much better, yeah. We do get a good chase scene at the end, and Michael Michael's chasing, you know... um, 
fucking Tommy Doyle and, and Kara and, and the little boy Danny and that whole situation. And there's a little, there's one moment where he's going to go after Kara and then what's his name calls out and then Danny calls out and she's like, mommy, mommy. And then he turns around and then he goes to, to the boy and he gets stuck in this thing. And then basically Tommy Doyle just beats the shit out of him with this. Oh fucking, yeah, that's right. What is it? A wrench, <laughs> a fucking a pipe, a like pipe. a pipe, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, I forgot. But he bludgeons him, and fucking he's going off and going off, and fucking he gets him down, down on the ground, and, you know, the assumption is he beat him to death, which is kind of shitty to fucking have Michael Myers with a beat down from a pipe, but Mm -hmm. that's the, you know, that's what, you know, they're alluding to, that's what happens, because he fucking takes it, and he finally throws the fucking pipe on the ground with authority at the end, like, "Mm, take that, motherfucker. That's like the way he threw it down, like, there you go, you know? And then, (laughs) that, that ends... It, it cuts from there, and it, the same situation you said when they're talking to Loomis, and they said, "Why don't you come with us?" And he says, "No, there's something I got to take care of here." And then all of a sudden, okay, all right, see you later, see you on the other side, whatever. All right, you know, <laughs> see you on the other side. You know, <laughs> and then fucking, he goes back in, he walks in. Next thing you know, that they, they pan down to where Michael was just had his beat down. Michael's gone, but the mask is still there. And then I think there's some blood on the floor or something. And then you just hear fucking Loomis. No, no! And fucking yeah. a, a little commotion and maybe the sound of a knife. I don't know. And then credits and then, roll. Bam. Yeah, it's... they. Yeah, I do remember that. They don't really explain shit as far as... They, you know, they just had to reshoot it and they probably didn't have fucking uh, Donald Pleasance back to refilm yeah. anything. What a shame. It's terrible that this, you know, that's his last on-screen role. Right? uh, Yeah. You know what? I just pulled up uh, Wikipedia because since I'm drawing so many blanks on the ending here, and and listen to this. I don't remember any of this. Maybe you do. (laughs) Okay, this is is at the end. Inside the lab, Kara notices tanks containing human fetuses with a chart of runes and scientific letter codes. Yeah. Connect... Both connected together by the thorn symbol, it is vaguely implied by Dr. Wynn and his cult uh, have been secretly trying and failing to genetically breed evil beings using (laughs) Michael's DNA and female patients of the institution. (laughs) I think it's cool. What? Wow, I bet that's more. I bet that's more elaborated on in the producer's cut. But I what? do remember. <laughs> okay, so they want to breed uh, evil now. I thought the Thorn Cult was trying to stop evil with sacrifices. <laughs> now they want to breed evil. I this makes no sense. Maybe this fucking Wikipedia page is is wrong because I don't fucking remember any of that. But holy shit, I probably just blocked it out. I do remember her seeing something, though. She did okay, see something. Okay, you do. Huh. Yeah, and, they were, and I didn't really pay much attention. It just seemed to be something that was there, and I was like, what the fuck? Well, it, it also says it is vaguely implied that Dr. Wynn and his cult were trying to do. And again, this is also Wikipedia. Anybody can edit this shit. Right. <laughs> I do want to go back and look, though, because something did happen. She did look, and there was, like, the thorn symbols and some other symbols, and there might have been some things in um, fetuses and glasses. Now that I'm thinking about it, but I don't yeah. know. I could be wrong, or I could be thinking about the producer's cut. For whatever right. reason, it, when, when as you're reading it, it it, it kind of you know it jogged my memory a little bit. But 
not enough to to say anything for certain. Yeah, either way, either you know, it doesn't matter which version you watch. This movie ends uh with a fucking it ends like the last movie. It ends with a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. Like the ending is not satisfying whatsoever and it's a shame because this movie, you know, I think we both agree has a lot lots of good beats in it, lots of good moments, but hey. It's none of it is cohesively tied together with this fucking thorn shit. It seems like they just threw everything into this movie to try to explain Michael, and it just doesn't work. And you know, it, maybe maybe it's a problem with too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. Like you said, it's under a different production company. You got everybody putting their fucking two cents in, even fourteen year olds and shit like that. So. That that's probably a, the the main problem with this movie. If it had more of a singular track, singular thought, right, uh, it it would have came out much more smoothly. You're so. right. That's that, there. You go. That's big studio shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that that's the problem. Before they probably weren't fucked with that much. Uh, I'm glad that they brought Michael back in a satisfying fashion. Uh, they made him, you know, uh, scary again, and the the mood of the entire movie is good you know it's something that they had lost with the other sequels but this whole thorn shit falls flat on its face yeah doesn't work sad but true yeah yep okay. it's too bad they had to yep. do something with the the man in black and and that, and that symbol and who knows maybe when the guy originally wrote it it, it was more cohesive and when they changed the shit at the end and like you said too many cooks in the kitchen and everything mm-hmm. else and I can see why people were motherfucking and bitching it at first. To see that at first, after seeing all the Halloweens prior, which were just basic slashers, and to turn it into that, it would be kind of, you know, shocking at first. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see that uh, upon your first watch. But, you know, it's really not that bad. Uh, let's, yeah, let's go ahead and rate it. I mean, overall, uh, I don't, I mean, it's confusing, you know, it's, but... If you're going to sit down and watch a fucking Halloween sequel, this one isn't that bad. It's got enough good moments in it to to elevate it, especially after coming off of those the other ones. I mean, I'll, you know, a lot of people talk about how part 4 is is, you know, a better sequel and really that one did almost nothing for me. Right, I hear uh, you. But, but this one I get more enjoyment out of it, definitely. Now, does that mean I like it you know not necessarily do i really like it no uh i think i gave part four a two uh for this one i would say 2.5 to me it's definitely better but at the same time you know i'm not just absolutely thrilled to be watching it every time you know what i mean it's not i wouldn't say i like it but it's, it's definitely an improvement on part four in my opinion yeah and i agree and mm-hmm. it's um you know, strangely enough, once again, I had the same rating. I've had it written down on the paper since I watched the other night. It's oh, okay. Two point five. <laughs> it's right in the middle of liking it, not liking it. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. the best way I could say. It's not bad. I'll plug it in and watch it occasionally. I'll definitely watch it over four and five. No question about that. Yes, me too. You know, mm-hmm. give a banana. You peeling somebody back here or no? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if yeah, no, absolutely. I would go with the gal who plays Jamie Lloyd. Uh, I don't know. Something about that short hair 
for some reason, but she, yeah, she's definitely the cutest girl, I think, in this movie. There's no, like, overly hot chicks in this whatsoever or anything. I think most of them are kind of, you know, average at best. But if I had to choose one, definitely her. I, I kind of have a thing for Kara Strode. So. Really? Yeah, she, yeah. She is, she is uh, fucking skin and bones, dude. Doesn't she fucking like take her shirt off at one point? It's yeah. like ice. I think I see her rib bones and shit. Yeah, she's cut nice. I don't think she's too skinny, though. I don't think she's like anorexic or anything. That, that, mm-hmm. that. She's definitely tight. You know, she got. Yeah. To me, I think she got a pretty tight, proportionate body. She has small tits, but yes. proportionate with her body. She's just a small thing, you know? And I think she's got a cute face. I like her hair. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I think she's attractive. I've always liked that girl. Huh. Kara Strode. So, yeah. Fuck. That pretty much wraps that up. See ya, fuckers. Be kind. Please rewind. The days grew short, and the spirits of the dead returned to their homes to warm themselves by the fireside. All across the land, huge bonfires were lit. Oh, there was a marvelous celebration. People danced, and they played games, and they dressed up in costumes, hoping to ward off the evil spirits, especially the boogeyman. Banana laser? Halloween. Banana laser? Go home! Enough! It's Michael Myers! You should know that it's not wise to play Halloween pranks on me. Thank you for listening to the Banana Wazer Podcast. Please be sure to check out horrorphilia.com for a full archive of all of our previous episodes, as well as other great podcasts like The Skeleton Crew, My Bloody Podcast, and many more. Please be sure to like us on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter at Bananalazer Show. Also, join our Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash Bananalazer. That's where the real lasers come out. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, where we post trailers, movies, and more. Interact with us. Please send us a voicemail at 314-720-8842. Or... Send us an email at bananalazer at gmail.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Again, thanks for listening and keep on bananaing.
Happy Halloween, everybody!